Welcome to Gals Chat, a podcast brought to you by Engineering Gals. I'm your co-host, Amy. And this is your co-host, Laura. We're here to showcase unconventional members of the STEM community and talk about how they're thriving in their journey. You will hear interviews that provide you with insightful information on what a career in engineering or STEM may look like and additional tips to help you succeed. So get your snacks and earphones and let's get chatting. In today's episode of the podcast, we are interviewing Rachel Lavoie. Rachel is a 2013 UIUC graduate with a bachelor's in chemical engineering. She currently works for a global safety certification organization and as a business development engineer full-time. She's passionate about diversity, equity, inclusion, which is why both pole dancing and her brand, The Limit Does Not Exist, are the perfect complement to her full-time job. Welcome, Rachel. We're so glad to have you here today. Thank you, Amy and Laura. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So tell us about yourself. What's your current job? What do you do for The Limit Does Not Exist? And how long have you been pole dancing? Wow. I mean, I could talk for hours about all three of those things, um, but I will try and condense it down to Mm -hmm. uh, a very short (laughs) amount here. Um, So I graduated from the University of Illinois with a uh, bachelor's in chemical engineering. However, I do not use most of the, you know, technical stuff that I was taught in my engineering degree. Um, I don't know if this is similar for any of our other listeners, but my career path took me completely at at like a 180. So I started out in oil and gas, actually, um, in safety certification. And now I work in renewable energy as a business development engineer. That's amazing. Yeah. So in business development engineering, um, just to kind of expand upon that, because it's it's one of those um, interesting titles that you kind of have to unpack a little bit more. Um, and, and people ask me all the time, what does a business development engineer actually do? Um, <laughs> so what I do is I support our business development team in different service offerings that we are pushing out to market. So for example, If we, as a safety organization, are notified that a new standard has been developed, a new safety standard has been developed, it is our job in business development to make that commercialized. So that means basically from the inside of the business all the way to the outside of the business, we have to have a well-rounded approach to make sure that that service works for everybody. So that means training with the engineers to make sure that they are, you know, fully prepped on how to handle those types of projects, our sales team so that they know how to sell this type of service, um, that we've got all our pricing tools figured out um, so that we know exactly what we're charging every single time one of those projects comes in. And then also what we're telling the market and how we're getting that message out through marketing. So it's really a well-rounded kind of like more business focused um, way of of using an engineering degree. But I do a lot of like the technical content development behind that and um, a lot of the the technical tasks associated with the uh, business development process. That sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I think based on your description, a question that I have is, uh, what are some of the skills or uh, technical knowledge that you've been able to implement on on this new role? 
like you're of course as a having a bachelor's in chemical engineering it was definitely more technical based uh what have you found helpful in your new role that's a great question so in my new role i mean i think this is across the board for any engineer right um is that we're trainable i i think that you know college really um, and, and our bachelor's degrees um, really give us, you know, that that skill set, um, you know, to problem solve effectively, to find the system, to find the pattern, um, to create the procedures. Um, it's kind of just embedded in us, right? So I think that has given me a unique perspective on, you know, any business problem that I am approaching. So I look at something, you know, very differently than you know, someone with a business degree would because I have that background in trying to find that that system or that process or that um, procedure. So um, I'm always looking for some sort of pattern, which I think has been extremely helpful, um, you know, throughout my experience as a business development engineer. But there's a lot of other skills that we could definitely um, talk about that I use uh, pretty pretty regularly. (laughs) (laughs) I I am so about that. I I feel like that's something that I talk about a lot when I'm with friends or with other people. It's like as engineers, we like we just problem solve. Like that's that's all we do. Uh, I like how you mentioned that we're trainable, and that's I feel like a lot of um, our approaches are based on trial and error um we're really quick learners and we're really quick at finding like patterns and i think that has um it really helps on the business side as well Mm -hmm. so that's really cool that you get to implement to implement that yeah yeah um and then one of the other skills that you know i think has been really interesting to dive into but it's also heavily correlated with um i think stem is, is marketing um, I don't know how much you guys dabble in marketing. Um, judging by the size of your Instagram page, I would assume you, you all d- dabbled pretty, pretty uh, deep into the marketing realm here. But um, I, yeah, <laughs> I started my marketing journey probably just over a year ago, and it's there's there's a lot to uncover. Um, I think there's a lot of STEM concepts, a lot of data to really dig through, and a lot of processes that um, I find extremely interesting. So I took a deep dive into marketing on top of, you know, having some some business or entrepreneurial skills in the background um, that have really helped me. But uh, that marketing training, I had to go find myself, and that was really like a, a self-propelled uh, effort, if you will, because no one was going to teach me how to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like even with marketing, um, you got to, especially if you're doing like personal branding, you really got to know yourself and see what you're marketing. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say for even engineering gals, it's all been sort of self-taught and trial and error. There's no really formula to it, and it is different for every different account. So, yeah, I can definitely re- relate with you on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that where the, the limit does not exist come in, or tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, that's a great segue, actually. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the limit DNE or the limit does not exist, uh, I just 
um, pulled the trigger on my LLC about a month ago. So yeah, very, very excited about this. Um, It has been a labor of love, uh, but originally it started as a blog um, just to kind of share my story. You know, it's, it's really healthy to get um, you know, that information out into the world. And, um, once I started really seeing, you know, the, the feedback I was getting on some of the articles that I was writing, I realized that this was so much bigger than myself. And I wanted to, you know, help more women in technical roles, uh, really succeed in their careers, uh, especially finding happiness because that was a struggle for me for such a long time. Right. So also, so giving them this technical skills, but also helping them find their purpose. Yeah. And is I, that what you would say? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's the core of really what I teach is, is finding, you know, what your personal mission is and how you're, um, I guess, relating it back to your career and committing to it within your career. Because I'll be honest, for the first five years of my engineering career, I woke up each morning to get ready for work and I often thought, you know, is this it? Like there's got to be more than this. And um after a shocking appointment with my doctor uh in April 2018, I found out that I had narrowly dodged uh the sort of aggressive colon cancer at 27 years old. Um and no one likes to talk about, you know, you're behind and and all of that mm-hmm. fantastic stuff, right? So <laughs> You didn't know you were getting some of this on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Not a problem at all. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, but you know, this is where I met. um, I was met with the realization that if this had gone undetected, you know, who who knows what the trajectory of, of my life would have looked like, you know, one year from then. Like, would I be alive? Would I be in the same mental and physical capacity? And if those answers were no, what was the impact I left on the world? And I wasn't really happy with that last question, with, you know, the answers to those questions. So um, that's really where I made it, you know, my ultimate priority to, find true happiness in my career, um, discover, you know, really what my life's personal mission was and to serve those around me with the same passion I have for myself. So after working so tirelessly to find, to finally become, you know, the woman I envisioned who was truly happy in her profession, um, I began that conception of the limit DNE and, um, you know, it just kind of evolved from there. So uh, I had other women in STEM uh, who wanted to start writing for it. So we gained some traction and I just wanted to expand the service, um, you know, to my readers even more. So that's, that's kind of how it started. But um, yeah, it was really more so to, to get, I guess, the connection to your personal mission and, and to find that because now I wake up and I'm like so excited to do what I do versus, you know, five years ago where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> right. And I think that's so amazing that, you know, you found what makes you really happy. And beyond that, you took action. You know, you have your LLC, you have your blog, all these women are now involved. And I think it's amazing that, you know, you're company is growing and yeah it's really exciting to see that yeah so I have a a question did you um you mentioned that is this focused for uh women in STEM yeah yeah so it's specifically for women in STEM and um I think 
you know, the, the, what I teach is really, it comes down to, you know, processes or things that I found out, you know, as a woman with a, an engineering degree, right? Because they teach you so much about, you know, the technical stuff that you need to know. And then they, you know, some of our, our senior design um, courses, you know, they put us through the ringer and then, you know, we learn stuff on the job. But I often find that like some of what I know that I think is like, oh, duh, you know, sometimes, you know, common sense isn't always common practice. That's like one of my favorite phrases from Brendan Burchard. So, you know, to, to say that to somebody else, you know, whatever it is that I know, they're like, oh my God. Yeah. I never thought about it like that. That's so, yeah, I'm definitely Mm going to do that. Right. So the more I started hearing that, the more I realized that I had um, more to share specifically for women in, in technical roles. So yeah, it is geared more towards women in technical. Yeah. I, find that uh, great and amazing because I feel like uh, women going into technical roles often don't feel like they fit in at times. And I feel like when they don't find that um, satisfaction from that fulfillment in their current role or their technical career, they tend to drive uh, themselves away from it. And I think that definitely has an effect on the retention rate of uh, women in technical fields or in STEM. So I think you helping women in STEM maintain or find that happiness within their role or what their purpose is, is definitely very helpful and will help a lot of women not shy away from these technical roles and building their their careers in um, technology and um, STEM overall. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to a girl who uh, literally her entire life, I want to say up until about three years ago, I had never fit in. And that is that is a story that I tell my younger crowd of... Um, I feel you. Yes, yes. <laughs> my younger crowd of engineering girls um, or, you know, STEM girls, right? I, so I spoke at... Um, the Illinois Math and Science Academy uh, back last January. Um, they had a Girls into STEM Day. And my, you know, they, they had put out a call for, um, oh, what was it? It was, it was just a call for abstracts. It was like, you know, do you want to speak? You know, this is the first time we're doing this. Any, any ideas? And, you know, I thought to myself, I was like, okay, all of these submissions are going to be really technical. I was like, so, you know, I'm going to come at it from, from a different front. So I, I titled my speech, Be a Unicorn, and I had a full room. Um, <laughs> wow, that's so cool. I love that. It was, I would have totally showed up too. <laughs> <laughs> Front row, baby. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a fun speech. It was, uh, we, we, we talked a lot about you know, my journey and, and who I was a lot younger, who I was in middle school, um, how I, you know, grew through things in high school and college. But the the narrative across all of that is just never fitting in. I was I was too dumb for the smart kids. I was too smart for, you know, the kids who weren't taking, you know, those honors classes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as a dancer, the dance team wanted nothing to do with me. Like, it was <laughs> so funny. Um, so uh-huh. I, I wouldn't say, like, I had any, like, problems like with friends or anything like that but you know there's there's like that there was like not one group that you would fit in a hundred percent yeah but you get along with you get along with everyone that you get to work with but there's just you're there's always like a different group that you could be part of sort of thing yeah and and I think that's what makes you unique right and multi-dimensional I think a lot of women 
in engineering are similar to that where they have all of these side hobbies and side hustles or things that they're passionate about that isn't just technical mm -hmm. and I think you know you're the perfect example of that you know you're also a pole dancing instructor you're a performer and you know I would love to hear a little bit more about that and what piqued your interest in pole dancing Oh man, we could go down a rabbit hole because this is <laughs> literally. Do you offer classes? Because I think yep. Amy and I would be interested. Oh yeah, <laughs> try yeah, it out. One hundred percent. We could do like a Skype online something or other if you guys want to do that. Or yes. if you're ever out in Texas, definitely uh, pop by the studio. Um, shameless plug. Um, I'll go ahead and plug this for the studio owner. She she's gonna love this. Um, so I work for Shine Fitness Studio. Um, which is in Fort Worth, uh, Texas. Um, it's actually technically in Hearst, Texas, but we mm -hmm. are um, one of the uh, top studios in um, the DFW area. Uh -huh. And nice. um, I just moved down here um, and started teaching in June. Um, so I'm, I'm a little new at this studio, but I will tell you this. Um, I started my pole dancing journey back in 2013. So like right after I graduated. Um, I was looking for something that was not like adult ballet, like I didn't live downtown. So, um, you know, I was like looking for something to just, you know, continue to, to feed my creative side. And, um, you know, I'd spent all of, uh, middle school, high school, college dancing on dance teams and, and, you know, doing recitals and, and like loving choreography and performing and stuff. And I was like, well, how can I do more of that? So, um, I took my first pole dancing class based on a, are you ready for it? A print ad off the back of a bathroom door. Um, <laughs> yes. This is great. That's how it all started. <laughs> I, yes. yes. I'm loving this. Yes. <laughs> so, um, it was just this little studio in, in the suburbs of Chicago and, um, it's no longer around anymore, but, um, I took my first class and during the class, I will tell you, I hated it. I hated it oh, so much. Wow. Um, and it was because I was like, it's too easy. I'm a dancer. Like, da 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 da. And I'm gonna come back to that in a minute. But um when I took that class, I was I was like, this is way too easy. Like I, I wanna do something harder. And at the end of the class, the instructor, who was also the owner of the studio at the time, she um, did like a freestyle piece. So she didn't have any choreography built for it. But at the end of her intro classes, she would always do this freestyle piece um, to try and get more students like to show them, you know, here's what you can do. And I will never forget sitting in the studio at this moment. She did the song Gravity by Sarah Bareilles. And yeah. it was gorgeous and I remember just looking up like to the top of the pole and like watching her like upside down and kind of doing all this crazy stuff and I was just like that's what I want to do like that's that's a strength that I want how can I do that and I just poured all of my time and energy outside of work to become you know the best pole dancer I could possibly be so that's kind of how it started but it evolved very quickly after that <laughs> I love wow. when things kind of just fall into place. They come together and you're like, oh, yeah, that's for me. Like, <laughs> this is this is my thing. I love that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so nine months after that, I started uh, competing because I realized like, so I'd been a competitive dancer for many years um, and I realized, oh, 
pole dancers compete? Sign me up, fam. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. So I, I got in my first competition. And again, um, you know, being a competitive dancer, it hadn't, it wasn't like new to me. Right. Um, but I excelled at, you know, my first competition and this is way back in 2014. So it, the, the industry has grown so much since then. And, um, I probably wouldn't have been able to pull it off now had I done it now. Um, but at, at that competition, there was, um, an instructor at this downtown studio and this downtown studio, if anybody's in the area of, of Chicago and wants to try it out, the brass ring is absolutely fantastic. I taught there for years and, um, they, they reached out to me there. They were like one of the elite studios in Chicago and, um, they reached out to me and they were like, you know, you should give us a shot. Like if you really love pole dancing, you should come train with us. And, Immediately, my brain went, oh, my God, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> so I, like, fangirled my way over there, and uh, I took classes a couple times a week. And um, from there, they offered me a position to start teaching, and I moved downtown, and it was this whole thing. Um, so there became, uh, you know, pretty much my life after work. So I'd drive home, and I was, I was able to take free classes um, while I was an instructor, uh, just based on like the structure that she had set up at the studio. So I took as many classes as I could. And of course, when you're, you know, 22, 23, like your body can just take that type of beating. Um, now, I mean, I'm teaching a couple of times a week and I am hurting here um, at 29, but <laughs> um, 23, it was, it was really easy to, you know, pick that up and, um, you know, enjoy that day after day. And, you know, you, when you're when you live like that close to a studio and you're that committed to it um you get pretty good pretty quickly and um I started competing nationally um and I had been accepted to an international competition uh as well that year um I had been performing downtown with a cabaret as a regular so I was making money on it too um as far as like you know outside of just teaching um and the performance stuff paid a lot so after, you know, the summer of 2015, I, I tore my shoulder and, um, you know, I kind of had to give it up and, uh, for a little bit at least to recover. So that, that kind of moved, uh, my career forward. So it's kind of been like this little, little ping pong ball of, of, you know, hobby focus versus career focus. And, um, now I'm kind of striking a better balance, but, um, took some time off and, you know, I'm back to, to pole dancing and loving it uh, so, so much and loving teaching. But it's taught me a lot about, you know, my um, my engineering career um, and, and my my job, my, my corporate job especially, um, and the type of person that I want to be in that job. So, um, you know, I, I preach a lot of the same things in class that I do at, at my, my corporate job. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, how does pole dancing overlap with your career and how has it affected your career in different ways like you just mentioned? Like, what are some examples of that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's an abstract concept, right? Um, I wrote a blog post on it and, um, you know, it got a, a lot of traction. It was probably like the, the second, like, 
top visited page on my site at that point in time. So if uh, anybody's interested, um, the the title of that blog post is called Be a Unicorn. Um, and I do draw that, that comparison within that post. Um, but first and foremost, I would like to state that pole dancing is a STEM activity and it is awesome for engineers because it is a constant puzzle and it's awesome for for technical mechanics so if you're ever interested in it like give it a shot because i think you'll geek out over it i love it i love the i am so trying this after (laughs) after today's episode because i'm so about that i mean and i i rock climb which is why Mm -hmm. i mean that puzzle part of of each climb i guess is why like really gets me going so you're talking about this um, same feeling with pole dancing. I'm honestly ready to just go pole dance my life away. <laughs> but yes, sorry, keep going. No, it's okay. Um, my my fiance is actually the general manager of a rock climbing gym when he's not a pilot. Um, so he talks about the bouldering problem all the time. Um, yes. So I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> but fellow climber. Um, yeah. So in, in pole dancing, um, you know, as we're, as we you know, kind of talk about it in, in its, in its raw sense. I I do, I do want to draw attention to the fact that there is, there is a stigma around it. Right. So like bringing it up in a corporate setting, um, is, is not easy. Um, I'll tell you guys this, this quick story, uh, just cause I feel like it's really important, uh, especially to, to who I am and, and how committed I am to this sport. So, um, I, as a salesperson, because I was in technical sales for a while, still with my same company, um, I was sitting down with a, a group of 10 and one of those, uh, and, and it was a, it was a company dinner. Um, we were out in San Jose and one of those 10 was our VP of um, our renewable energy business. And um, they were talking about, um, I think he donated money. He donates a lot of money to um I, I forget the its specific cause, but it's it's for autism. And um, I had mentioned just you know off the top of my head, oh yeah, I, like you know I, we do that too. I pr- I perform for that, and then I didn't realize where that conversation was going. Um, <laughs> oh, it's Autism Speaks. There we go. Oh, that's the that's the organization. And I was like, oh yeah, I was like I perform for that. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, I'm a dancer. And he goes, what kind? And I was like, so my entire sales team. Uh, <laughs> yep. And my managers um, all sat there and watched me tell the story to our very technical um, VP of engineering. And, um, you know, as as the conversation, you know, started to evolve, like, I think, you know, when you have someone with a technical background, it's really easy for for you to kind of get through the conversation when you don't like it becomes a little bit more shallow and people start to like really dig more to the stigma. Mm-hmm. Um But as we started digging further into the conversation, like I don't shy away from the fact that there's a stigma around it because I think it's important to really give credit where credit is due um, to the strippers who have, you know, created the industry, um, who have grown the industry. So, you know, I, I, in all of my efforts, I try to be an ally to all the sex workers, um, you know, that have kind of paved the way in order for us to enjoy this as, you know, as fitness or as a hobby or, you know, something that we can really spend time with and, you know, do on a, in, in a different capacity. Right. So, um, 
yeah, it is it is a little difficult to talk about it, but the more I've talked about it, the the easier it gets. So everyone on my team um, that I work with now, because I work on a on a global capacity, um, they all know that I pole dance. Like that's no secret, right? Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. have you ever go ahead. Sorry, have you ever gotten any negative comments, or maybe not said to you, but I guess you perceived it from someone else as getting this. Um, just a negative vibe from whenever you talk about pole dancing. Oh, girl, I get that all the time. I mean, it's no yeah, one's I'm business, sure. right? <laughs> My favorite phrase by Rachel Hollis is, um, what is it? It's it's uh, the the opinion of that other people have of you is is none of your business or something like that, mm-hmm. and that that just sticks. So anytime you know, I'm kind of feeling a little like odd about you know some of the conversation. I realize that that's probably not the person for me to be connecting with, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I do know, like, I'm I'm in a very heavily male domi- dominated field. I work in um, renewable energy and I work in mm-hmm. you know power distribution too. So like having those conversations day in and day out. I mean, you get a lot of that. So, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting though, when you stand your ground, like to talk about it, like the more matter of fact I am about that I do it versus, um, you know, making it feel like it's taboo or, or like feeling like I have to apologize for doing it or making them feel uncomfortable. Like Mm -hmm. the less, the less I, I make them, uh, the less the less I back down on it, the easier it is to have that conversation. So, um, you know, I do have a lot of of uh, frankness and a lot of um, authority when I talk about it. So, mm-hmm. I think the conversation steers very quickly in the right direction. But um, there were some earlier conversations in my career that I think were were difficult uh, because I just didn't know. I didn't educate myself on the way that I wanted to advocate for it. So I think as long as you know how you want to advocate for it, um, it's an easy conversation to have. Um, and I mean, I'll throw hands with someone that like gets gets rowdy about it, you know? <laughs> I want to clap so hard right now. But yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess with, with that, what is a common myth about pole dancing um, that you want to debunk? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so first and foremost, you don't have to have the upper body strength that you need, like, in order to start. So that's a common myth is that, like, people think that you have to have, like, all this upper body strength in order to start. I had none. I was just a dancer, right? So, like, as a dancer, you just have, like, basically your lower body and, you know, lots of flexibility. Um so I built all of mine through pole dancing. And I will tell you this, your, my shirts don't fit like hardly, <laughs> hardly anymore. Um, polos look weird on me. Um, you know, cap sleeves, that's not a thing. But um, I'm, I'm proud of like the strength that I've built. Um, so that's like number one myth. And then the other myth is like that I'm too whatever, right? I'm too old. I'm too uh, thin. I'm too uh, big. I'm too this. I'm too that, right? But when it comes down to it, pole dancing is the most inclusive thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's what kept me with this community for so long. Mm -hmm. That's that's amazing. That's so sweet. Yeah, I'm like listening to you. I'm learning so much, right? And then I also like how you mentioned that 
your you know at work how you talk about it and you're very confident about it when you speak so that you're you know you're at the same time by doing all this by writing your blogs you're also normalizing it and taking away any sort of uh, stigma or taboo behind it that you know a lot of people seem to think it has and so I think that's amazing and then honestly about the the myths about pole dancing like it seems like it's it, it uses a lot of strength and so I've done contemporary dancing in in high school and I was really obsessed with it for a very very long time and I did it for a few years after um, but I've always been curious about you know venturing into different dance um, different types of dancing and I think this is something that I'm for sure gonna look into and try it out at least once even if I fall (laughs) (laughs) I mean you'll fall you'll fall a bunch but um it's it's worth it because um and and I'll I'll kind of segue into your original question because I get so far off topic when I start talking about pole dancing um but what it's done for me is, is I've, I've seen myself try. I've seen myself fail. I've seen, um, the strength that I'm capable of. I've seen the progress. I've seen, um, you know, the different styles that I've been able to adapt to. So originally I was a contemporary dancer as well, Amy. So, um, so I, on top of that, like only stuck to contemporary pole dancing. I was like, I'm not putting on those heels, but I will tell you this. Once you put them on, you don't take them off because it is a very empowering thing to put those heels on and to own your body. And for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's the general vibe I get from pole dancing is that it just seems very empowering and like a power dance. And I think that's what draws a lot of people into it. It's yeah. definitely a huge, it seems like a way to really work towards self-love as well. You accept your body and you challenge it to do what you're asking it to do. It's like, it's unconventional and it's not something, it's not like a typical sport that uh, I guess you regularly see. So I feel like pole dancing really allows you to uh, push your body and appreciate it for what it's capable of doing. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's really a mental journey too, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like you look at your progress, you look at like where you, where you were and how far you've come. And it has provided me with so much confidence in myself um, that I feel like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be where I'm at with, you know, becoming a business development engineer um, and starting my, my own company here like without it because it it really taught me to believe in myself when I had really poor self-esteem when I was younger. So um I think you know people that are searching for you know some sort of uh journey you know to to learn to appreciate themselves and 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 love themselves to that to that full capacity um, I think pole dancing is is a, a very big magnet for for all of that, but um, it plays it plays a very large role in in my values because um, you know I mentioned in, in my in my bio that uh, you know I'm a huge advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And right. with diversity, equity, and inclusion, I mean, there's a lot of 
uh, companies out there that are, you know, just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, like some, some are doing the work and some are, you know, claiming they're doing the work. And I've, I've Mm -hmm. been involved, unfortunately, on, on both ends of that spectrum, but the company that I work for right now is actually doing the work. And, I, I am so impressed with everything and I'm, I'm very involved in all of that, but to, um, to understand like what it means to truly be inclusive, um, and diverse, I immediately refer back to pole dancing. So anytime we're making efforts within my company, I always take a look at, okay, what did we do in, in, in the studio to make students feel psychologically safe? Um, how did we, you know, create the right environment for them to thrive and succeed? Because, you know, every Thursday when I go in to teach my class, like, you know, I think to myself, and, and I think it's almost second nature at this point, though, how can I make these girls want to work to succeed and impress themselves, right? Like, and I think that's that's what every company strives for, right? Like, how do you get your employees to want to impress themselves um, for the betterment of, you know, the company, the industry, whatever have you, right? So I always relate that back to pole dancing. It gives me like a very unique perspective um, to be able to, um, I guess, offer when you know you have people at at director level of of DNI, you know efforts asking, you know, hey, how can we do this? So, um, really, really uh, fantastic, uh, I guess, little secret weapon I've got in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah, I think that's amazing how you're able to utilize your experience in pole dancing, even towards diversity and inclusion with their engineering company. That's something I would have never thought about, and. I just think that it shows, you know, the more diverse you are as a person, right? Like all these skills that you have, you're, you know, you're putting yourself out there on your blog and you're putting yourself out there on the stage and, and all of these different experiences have given you the perspective to um, excel in your career in very unique, different ways that, you know, other people don't really have that because, you know, they, they obviously have a different perspective, but yeah, I just think that it's really amazing. So, um, you mentioned a little bit about the limit does not exist. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about some projects you have going on and what are your goals with those projects? Yes. Oh my gosh. Like again, I could talk for hours on this because this thing is my baby and I'm sure you guys know mm-hmm. in uh in in working through your own brand here uh with engineering gals um yeah that, that it it really does become a labor a beautiful labor of love um just to know that you're giving back to the community in the right way. Um so right now I am a career coach um that I'd, I'd mentioned this earlier. Um, I'm a career coach that helps other women in technical field in technical fields, uh, find true happiness through this five part framework. And I named this five part framework cloud nine to five. Um, it's super, I love it. (laughs) I love that. Um, I love your names, by the way. What is it? Uh, the you be a unicorn, and now cloud yeah. nine to five, and then even the limit does, does not, not exist. exist. That's so clever. I was like, oh my god, this is genius. Yes. <laughs> I have like a little bit of creativity in my brain somewhere. A little like, bit. Okay. Don't Um, but it's it. The framework consists of five different parts. So. 
Um, what I'm currently doing is I, I've, I've been offering free webinars um, every month on each part of the framework. So the framework is productivity, strategy, confidence, connection, and then finally authenticity. And it's, I don't label them as that, but at the core, really, that that's what it is. So I call it freeing up your time, knowing your direction, um, uh, overcoming status quo, having hard conversation, and exercising your voice. And, you know, it, it really goes in, in series um, versus like, you know, learning one versus the other or, you know, learning them in, in different order. Um, hold on one second. I'm so sorry. It's okay. My computer decided that because I was done, um, I hadn't touched it in a while that it was. Oh, yours. Yeah, mine's falling asleep too here and there. And I was like, don't you fall asleep on me. (laughs) Okay. Um, So let me just start that over here uh, just for recording's sake. Um, So this five-part framework consists of productivity, strategy, confidence, connection, and finally authenticity. So I don't call them that, but that's really at the core what they are. So it's freeing up your time, um, knowing your direction, overcoming status quo, um, having hard conversations, and then finally exercising your voice. So each month I give a free webinar on this framework and like each framework has a three-part breakdown with even more steps underneath that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you guys know how things can multiply, especially exponentially um, as you start to dig in deeper. But you know these things. Uh, the, these things in the framework are uh, meant to be learned in series because, basically, you know, as I told my story to other people, at least just on my career journey, not not so much, um, you know, on my on my schooling journey, but on my career journey, they they asked me. They're like, Rachel, it, it's incredible what happened to you. Like, but you make it sound like it just happened, and it felt like that for a really long time until. I went back and I journaled about it and I thought to myself, you know, this, this is something, this isn't something that just happened. I I worked for this and how did, like, how did I really work for it though? So I broke it down and and quite honestly, I I found a way to just clear my plate, um, figure out, you know, what my next steps forwards were and, and really commit to them like day in and day out. Um, overcome imposter syndrome because that has been, and I'm sure every woman in, in, uh, in technical roles can, can feel this, that, that, that has been my major hurdle. Um, and then you mm-hmm. know, how to have, how to ask for what you want is, you know, a really hard conversation to have, uh, how to do it effectively. And then right. really embracing that authenticity because I didn't start thriving, um, in my career until I was like, yes, I'm a pole dancer. Yes, I am more inclined to work, you know, with uh, like business strategy versus, you know, the 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 uh, common, you know, engineering role that we have here at this company. And um, once I really owned that as a persona, like that's where I truly thrived. So um, I'm really passionate about this framework. I'm really, uh, you know, excited to share this with everybody. So again, I could talk for hours on this, but um, right now. The project that I'm working on is number one, building a formal online course for this framework. So um, it'll be ready next year, uh, probably end of Q1 next year. We'll have you know the full online course developed. 
um, am also starting a membership site at the beginning of 2021. And that membership site will have weekly videos um, with like, it's like 10 or 20 minutes. Uh, kind of, it'll kind of vary just based on the topic, but um, different small subtopics underneath that framework that will be available for um, each of the individuals um, on the site. So they'll get those weekly. Um, and then I'll also have a group coaching session um, that kind of goes along with uh, a, a step up to that membership. Uh, so it'll be, you know, one topic that I pick underneath that framework that we can discuss, you know, for an hour uh, once a month. And, um, you know, people can ask questions or, you know, mm -hmm. we can go into it a little bit more. Uh, but then I also, you know, I'm really working on expanding my one-on-one -on -one coaching because I have a couple uh, women that I'm working with right now and their stories are just so incredible. And I've seen, oh my gosh, like if I, if I could, if I could tell you, you know, where they, where they came to me at and where they're at now, it is, and, and we're only like, you know, six weeks through this. Like, so I, mm -hmm. I offer full 12 weeks of, of coaching and um, I've already seen some, some leaps and bounds of, of just confidence improvement and um, like, really knowing where they want to go and how they want to connect their personal mission to their, um, you know, to their career. And it just, it warms my heart so much. So uh, those are just a couple of the projects that I'm working on right now. <laughs> yeah, that's super exciting, yeah, right? It's extremely exciting. And I, I can't wait to see, like, to see you release it. Yeah. I think um, going off of that, um, what is something that you would say to women or, or girls looking to get into engineering or um, I guess younger girls who are looking to get into uh, STEM? What sort of advice would you give them? Remain true to who you are, no matter what. Yes. yes period. Yes, yes. Be a unicorn. Yes, be your <laughs> unicorn. Be your unicorn. Because this, like, I, I can't, I cannot state this enough is that, you feel like you have to mold or meld into like this, this box, right. Of, of being technical and being only, you know, you're, you're, you're the engineer, right. You're, you're the technical engineer and, and that's your job and that's who you are. And that's the only identity that you have. No, that is not the only identity. The only identity that we have, it is, we, we are so much more than that. And had I seen the potential to really become, you know, who I am, sooner in my life, um, I think I would have seen the results that I, that I've seen in the past couple of years a lot sooner. So, um, that's my number one thing is like, you know, above all else, like remain true to who you are, what you love, what you're passionate about, how you spend your free time, because truly that has, that has moved the needle the most for me. And then my second piece of advice is work smarter, not harder, because it's not no longer hard work that makes a difference anymore. It's working with strategy. So these are those are two little pieces of advice that I would give anyone going into engineering. Yeah, I'm. I love that. I mm -hmm. yeah. I have. I don't even know what else to add because that's amazing advice. I was actually just um, talking to someone else about it. Like I think people still kind of believe that like hard work is gonna like keep giving you more results when in reality like 
you don't have a limited time. So you got to learn how to work smarter, not necessarily harder in order to like achieve where you're trying to go or whatever goals you have. So that is amazing advice. And I like, I can't wait for our listeners to hear this coming from you and hear like your story. Um, One more thing really quickly. Mm -hmm. So I love how you talked about being, you know, you're this technical person, right? And I think I remember reading this on your blog or your Instagram about your, your technical from nine to five and you don't have to be technical for the rest of your day, like for the rest of, you know, the other parts of your life. And I think when I read that, I was like, it was kind of like a little, like a little mind, you know, what do you call it? Um, mind explosion of like, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be that technical person all the time and that there's definitely so much more to you so I love that you're putting that online and you're sharing that with everyone yeah yeah it's it's something I'm really passionate about I mean um I mean I could talk for days in and days out about you know when you're not at work like what are you doing um I think I posted something recently too and I think this is really important for for listeners to hear as well is that um you know I think a lot of us stress out about unpaid labor um, and and kind of where what what the status is at our at our households about that like you know cooking dinner or doing laundry or doing dishes or you know th- the list goes on right um, outsource where you can because it you know if you're if you're deep in your technical career and you still want to have a life um, and you don't live with somebody else do not expect yourself to do all of all of those things above um, because the reality is none of us are having it all, if you will. Right. Like there's, there's a lot of compromises that we make and um, I don't want to be like, Oh yeah, balance. Like, da, 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 da. like, no, I'm, we're thinking about hiring a housekeeper and it's literally just the two of us, but we have so much going on that, mm. you know, it's important to, to remind people that the reason why, you know, people could excel in their careers, um, especially men, you know, many years ago was because they had someone doing unpaid labor at the household full time. So I, I just want to remind, you know, listeners of that too, is that, you know, you're more than your technical, you're also not, you know, tied to do all of the unpaid labor as well at home. So if you have the, the funds to outsource or you have means to outsource, like, get creative and just do it because it's it's definitely worth it and don't feel bad about it. Yeah, I think even with uh, working as a team, at some point you got to learn how to delegate the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the the more projects you might lead, the more of the work you might need to delegate because you can't do everything on your own. I don't mm-hmm. think there's a thing. Personally, I don't believe there's such a thing as a self-made person. I feel mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, you really um, get assistance from people and I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing when people work together and it's there's nothing wrong with like asking for help, um, especially when you're trying to focus on your goals, your career, your business, and at the same time, enjoy um, other side hobbies as well. There's nothing wrong with um, outsourcing some of those other uh, tasks that still need to get done. So I, I love that advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all work and no play makes Jane a dull girl, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I totally agree. 
Okay. All right. So with that, what does your future hold? So what are your future plans or things that we can look out for or any just goals that you have for yourself? Oh man, you're okay. So you're talking to a visionary here. Ooh. <laughs> so my my vision, my vision even scares me, right? So I think if we don't dream big enough um to scare ourselves, then, you know, we we don't we don't know what we're truly capable of. So okay. at some point in the future, I want to be, you know, standing on an arena stage with, you know, a, all these women in STEM that, that just want to be happier in their careers and find, find true, true um, joy in what they're doing and to share their stories, um, especially um, now in this digital age, it's so easy to do. So like, you know, we, we have this disparity of women in STEM and, I think, you know, to, to harness that future state, you know, and, and kind of get it into like a, a bigger space, right. Um, to get people motivated to become happier in their roles and then, you know, in turn share their story and, and share it with that younger generation, get them excited about, you know, the next steps forward. It's like, that's really, that that's, you know, ultimate goal. That's what I, where I see myself, um, you know, and, and I'm I'm working slowly but surely uh, towards it, and you know I think there's the realistic expectation of of your timeline and you know kind of how long things are going to take in order to do that. But in the meantime, um, I'm really enjoying expanding the blog. Really, really going to be enjoying expanding the membership site. Um, I'm also bringing you know, two of our content creators in as um, coaches here for uh, future states over the next couple of years, we're going to expand our coaching services as well. Um, and we're going to start to get them into, you know, a lot of our, our video sequences too. So um, those are just a, a few things that you can expect out of us, but looking at um, really trying to get that out there just so that, you know, everybody wants to share their story because they're just so in love with their job because, I'll tell you what, that was the the one thing that I realized about myself is I didn't care about outreach. And I know this sounds really terrible, but I'm going to say it anyways. I did not care about outreach to our younger generation until I was truly in love with what I was doing. And then in which case I was like, I have to share this to everybody. So I just want everyone to feel the same. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with saying that. I feel like it's it's got to be genuine when you're doing outreach. And if you don't believe in the mission, you it's... I, it's kind of pointless. <laughs> it does sound a little bad to say, but I totally agree with you. You got to be in tune with what you're doing. You got to be passionate about it in order to pass along and be able to talk about it and share your story with uh, younger generations. So I, I agree with everything that you've said. And I love uh, when you first stated that uh, you're more of a visionary. And I believe that if you're dreams don't scare you they're they're not big enough so i love hearing about your visions and your future and what you have in store and i am so 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 excited for you and so thankful that you were able to join us today and share your story um amy and i are definitely signing up for pole dancing right after this episode yeah um, so you can expect us in uh, texas as soon as this whole pandemic thing calms down but we are we are so excited and thankful for for you sharing your story. Um, before we wrap up, uh, can you tell our, our listeners where they can connect with you and where they can find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to connect with me, the easiest way to do it is going to be through social media. So um, if you're interested in following me, my handle on Instagram and TikTok is stay cray ray. Um, and it's basically like stay crazy, Rachel. Um, but it all, you know, has stay cray ray on it. Um, so that's all one word. So that's stay cray ray. Um, my TikTok is um, a little bit more out there just because uh, I like to have some some fun with it. I, I get kind of goofy. Um, but if you want to stay connected to more of you know the the tips and tricks um, that I'm offering for my strategy, um, all of those videos and everything uh, go out every single week to my subscribers for free right now. So it's not part of my membership site just yet. So I'm still creating videos every single week. Um, you can you can uh, watch them. Um, I also do have the transcripts that go up uh, shortly thereafter. Um, so you can check those out. Uh, but that would be at the limit dne that's delta november echo dot org um, if you're interested in checking out more of the website wow okay so thank you so much for being here and talking about your journey with us today i i i feel like i learned so much and i relate to a lot of the things that you talked about in your journey and i just want to say you know keep doing what you're doing I think you're definitely inspiring more women to follow their passions and dreams. And yeah, so thank you so much. And we'll definitely see you in Texas at one of your pole dancing classes once the pandemic is over. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. Really appreciate it. So that is the end of this week's episode. Again, if you found some value in Rachel's story and the conversation we had today, please leave us a review. And as always, we will have all of our contact information listed on the show notes. So we'll see you next week.